This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today's podcast is brought to you by, well, us, Two Guys in a River. Dave and I have just published a new book on fly fishing called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The best place to find the book is on Amazon.com. Dave, what's the big idea of the book? The big idea is the subtitle, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists is a fun, quick read. It's, it's an entire book of lists. It's basically practical help to help you catch more fish. And some of the lists include... The seven basic facts about mayflies, the seven nagging questions of nymph fishing, three tips when fishing streamers on smaller creeks, and dozens and dozens of other lists. We like to say that the book is like a bag of potato chips. You reach in and grab a handful, and then another, and then another. I don't think you'll put the book down until you've consumed perhaps 4,000 calories, just like the way Dave eats chips. <laughs> You're judging me, and stop judging me for my lack of discipline. <laughs> All right, seriously, order the book from Amazon.com. It makes a great gift for fly fishers, young and old. Too much of a good thing is simply not good, whether that's chocolate, vacation, and even rain. Rain is a fly fisher's friend. I mean, it triggers insect hatches, but too much rain can shut down the fishing. A couple weeks ago, Dave and I headed to southeast Minnesota to fish a delightful little creek. I called the fly shop the day before we left on Thursday, and conditions were good, so we left Thursday evening after work to make the five-hour trip. But that night it rained over an inch, and Friday morning the creeks were blown out. Friday was a wash, literally. But Saturday, well, let's just say we were both surprised. Today we're going to talk about one fine and one not-so-fine day, on Canfield Creek. Hopefully our conversation will give you some ideas or insights or at least some extra motivation to get out on the river. Dave, maybe it'd be helpful to begin by describing Canfield Creek for our listeners. Canfield Creek is in the Forestville Mystery Cave State Park near Preston, Minnesota. I was introduced to that uh, via my brother, Matt, who is a physician at Mayo Clinic and in Rochester, Minnesota, and Preston's only about 30, 35 miles south of that. What's great about Southeast Minnesota and the, and the fishing in Southeast Minnesota is I think in general, you could say that it gets fished less than does Southwest Wisconsin. Right, yeah, it's not as close to Chicago. Or it's Madison, right. mm -hmm. and also I think in Minnesota, there are so many lakes, I think the tagline yeah. for the state is the mm -hmm. land of 10,000 lakes. Right. So I think fly fishing is obviously not the first thing that people think of when they think of Minnesota. But I'm telling you, in southeastern Minnesota, there's some beautiful little creeks, and Canfield Creek is one of them. Oh, it's gorgeous. So Canfield Creek actually flows out of a springhead about a mile and a half, two miles mm -hmm. um, from where it enters the south branch of the Root River. It's this beautiful fishery with trees and 
Canadian geese and all sorts of wildlife. It's just fabulous. Yeah, and it comes out of that cave, which, by the way, is not the mystery cave. You know, I finally figured out that the mystery cave is not even in the state park. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Yeah, they still call it Forestville Mystery Cave State Park. But anyway, the cave... About six uh, miles east, isn't it? Or west? Yeah, something like that. west, yeah. Maybe west. But yeah, out of this cave comes a spring creek and... You're right. It's it's gorgeous. There's some beautiful long runs that I I thought it reminded me a little bit of 16 Mile Creek in Montana's Gallatin Valley. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, and that's saying something. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, beautiful. It's it's timbered and uh, really uh, really a great place. So, Dave, what's your first memory of Friday? We we got into the area Thursday night, stayed in the hotel, but Friday morning, what the this is the not so fine day. Uh, what's your first memory of the day? It was the fly shop monkey in Preston telling us that this will be a, quote, scouting day, unquote, for you. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> and, and he was right. It yeah. had stopped raining by Thursday morning when we arrived, but the night before they'd gotten several inches of rain yeah. and the rivers were completely blown out. Creeks were just swollen. I mean, it was just chocolate milk churning down those uh, creek beds. Yeah, the guy that we, we did remember run into, and I guess this would be my first memory, we did run into a guy on Canfield Creek who was fly fishing. We we drove out there, remember, just to look at it. We, we didn't take our rods out because we, we knew, hey, this isn't going to be good. And we got out there, and there was actually a guy fly fishing, and he hadn't wasn't catching anything. And he said, well, it's my day off, so... I figured um, I may as well fish. Uh, yeah. So what we did is, so Preston, Minnesota, where we fly fish is what, five hours, five and a half hours from yeah. Chicago? Mm-hmm. So once we got there, we stayed in the town of Preston, but then you have to drive west about 15, 20 minutes to the Forestville Mystery mm-hmm. Cave State Park. Yeah. And so we, we didn't fish. We, we drove around and we scouted out rivers, which was actually, well, I keep saying rivers. We scouted out creeks. Uh, and that was actually good, wasn't it? I, you know, we came across a couple places that we definitely want to try sometime. There was that one that we hoped to hit for brook trout. It yeah. goes through that mm-hmm. junkyard, that yeah. farmer's yard. Yeah. It's kind of a junkyard. But there is fly fishing access there. And that's the mm-hmm. amazing thing to me about southeastern Minnesota, as well as southwestern Wisconsin, is the access. Right. The fly fisher's access, there's often a turnstile or some way to get over the the fence and so you do have yeah. ample uh, access areas yeah I didn't feel too bad though uh, yeah hey we got in an afternoon nap that, that sounds like that's <laughs> when's so... the last time you got a nap I oh, never get naps I know that sounds so uh, I was gonna say middle-aged hey we're past middle age <laughs> at 55 but you know that was that was nice we, we went to uh, Rochester that night watched a movie and and then Saturday came so what was your first memory on Saturday? You know, I think for me it was the clarity of the water. Honestly, I didn't hold out a lot of hope that the fishing conditions would be that great. I thought, yeah, this is going to be down a little bit. And even even on the day before, on Friday, Canfield was, was muddy, but it wasn't as bad as some of the other creeks. And I thought, well, you know, it's going to be off color, but, you know, maybe we can get some things nymphing. I was shocked how clear it was flowing i mean it was it's just yeah. gorgeous 24 hours made such a difference oh it really did how about you dave what my was first, first memory, memory was probably that bait fisherman who was ahead of us oh yeah and yeah. i think he kept moving from pool to pool but 
eventually I think we ended up ahead of him. I don't think he went all the way up to the the cave where the spring comes out of. No, I don't think so. And he was uh, he was keeping his fish because he wanted to show me a couple in his creel, and um, I, I assume maybe he caught his limit and just left. Well, there you can keep up to twelve inches, and then you have to throw back anything between twelve and sixteen inches. And then anything over 16 inches you can keep. Of course, Steve and I only catch and release. But he had he had a couple tw- that were probably pushing 12 inches. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It, it's amazing when uh, you're, you're keeping fish like that, how the, uh, how the size seems to uh, shift just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. The, the metrics exactly. change ever exactly. so slightly. I've never seen a game mm. warden or even... Uh, oh, actually, that's not true. We did see that park ranger. Yeah, yeah. There is a park ranger in the Forestville Mystery yeah, State Park. Yeah, that's right. So what made it a great day? For me, it was the action on both dry flies and emergers. One of the big lessons that you and I learned from fishing that creek a year ago was uh, the color of the caddis, because there was some caddis on the water, um, but also realizing we really needed to add an emerger dropper. Right. And I'm just saying that was one of the most significant bits of wisdom that we had gained over that course of, of the year, because I would say that half of the fish I caught were on that that dropper, which was an emerger caddis. Yeah. And how, how many did you catch on dries? I, I never put a dry fly on. I probably caught four or five on dries. Okay. All right. And I love dry fly fishing, but yeah, they weren't really that aggressive, were they? You, you picked up one occasionally, but... And no, I, no, they weren't, they weren't aggressive. But I will say that I, I caught several on emergers where they actually came out of the water and I was thinking they were hitting the drive, yeah. but they were hitting mm-hmm. the emerger. Yep. In fact, there was one I just I can see it in my mind. It had its mouth open, and I was thinking that must be the drive because it happened so fast. But when I uh, reeled it in, it was a it had hit the emerger, yeah. which I had dropped about ten inches. Yeah. Wow. So what was your you know what would made it for you such a great day? I think the fact that I landed probably ten to twelve trout, and there was action in every run. That was a thing that uh, that really. Uh, pleased me i you know i've had this thing in the driftless where i feel like boy i just don't have as much action as i do on some of the the western streams but this was a great day this was an exception and my my sense is that's how canfield fishes all the time i mean yeah we we hit it after it cleaned up but uh that, that was great and i i caught them both on a san juan worm i also uh, used a caddis emerger. I mean, I saw some blue wing olives, but the fish weren't really feeding on them. But but we knew that it was caddis season, and and actually, I did see some caddis as there well. There were caddis, I yeah. Saw it both. just wasn't tons of caddis. No, yeah. But that emerger worked really well. Yeah, it really did. You know, the thing, another thing for me about what made the day so great was that the weather was gorgeous. No, it was. Now it always worries you a little bit yeah. when it's sunny out because right. you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Eh, you're not going to catch anything on the surface. Yeah, but, yeah, that's why we didn't have the dry fly action. But. Right, but I did. I did have some dry yeah. fly action, and certainly the emergers. They were hitting the emergers, so there was a little dry fly. But you also caught some on the San. Did you catch any on the? Well, you caught you caught some on the San Juan, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I did both, both the San Juan and then on the uh, Caddis emerger, and I had a couple that were in the 13 inch range, which is really nice fish for that stream and. And I, I think one of those was on the, uh, I remember it was on the San Juan worm, and then the other was on the emerger. Did you catch anything with uh, the woolly bugger? 
No, that's you right. Use I, that, right. I started out with that, and I forget what I trailed. I probably trailed the San Juan worm. I didn't get anything on the woolly bugger. Yeah, sometimes that works. I'll drift that. Uh, you kind of got me onto that in the driftless. We just drift that down and then uh, swing it at the end of the drift and then strip it in just like you would with a with a bugger. So you're you're kind of doing both. It's like you're you're semi nymphing and then. Yeah. you know, semi, uh, streamer fishing, but yeah, nothing on the, uh, on the, the woolly bugger that day, but boy, everything was, I think another part of the day, it was, uh, spring was just popping. Everything was green and, and the, the trees and the, the bushes were just budding. It was just gorgeous. The blues were just sky blues and the greens were just oh, yeah. so green and it's that spring green, which is different from like the June green. It's just different. It's like the deeper yeah. greens in the June. It in really June. Is. The other thing is that we had the creek to ourselves mostly. We yeah. had the bait mm -hmm. fisherman, but you know he just moved from pool to pool, and he, I didn't even, I only saw him once on no, the stream that no. time. He was telling us about his fish. So. Yeah. But we, there were some fly fishers later in the day. That's right. When we left, there were two guys that were just starting and. I thought that was kind of an interesting time to start. Again, you know, if your schedule, that's what it allows. That's what you do. But I, I really think the best fishing there, that time of spring, is, is really in the middle of the day. Yeah, it's between 10 and 2 or 11 yeah. and 3. Mm -hmm. And we saw them about 4 o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah, or 3.30. Yeah, 3.34, something like that. Or something yeah, like that. So, yeah, they did. They got a later start. So what made us laugh? Any any funny memories, Dave? So the fun start to the day was actually the bait fisherman, not yeah. because he was bait fishing. Right, yeah. And I'm not ever putting that down. I grew no, up not at all. fishing walleye and and bass and northern in North Dakota. I grew up fishing trout with uh, bait. Yeah, your <laughs> yeah. uncle, uh, what was his name? Oh, uncle, yeah, my uncle, uncle Ivan. Ivan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the guy who would put a little piece of worm on his fly. He's like, man, no wonder that's such a dynamite pattern. <laughs> So what made us laugh is that we arrived at Canfield Creek uh, first. There was nobody, actually hardly anybody else in the state park, and it was we had the whole thing to ourselves. While we were donning on our fly fishing gear, which takes us about, about 30 minutes um, <laughs> just to get everything on, just to get rigged up, get your waders we're on. Not that slow. Yeah, exactly. But about 15 minutes yeah. after we arrived, the bait fisherman pulled up, and he was out of his truck and on the trail within two minutes after that car well, he was stopped. a man on a mission. I don't think it's because he was trying to beat us. It, that just seemed to be his personality. Yeah, like, he was man. just on a mission. He was, you know, he's headed out to catch fish. So, yeah. And he, he had two rods, remember that? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Are, do you even, I wonder if you even allowed two rods in Canfield. I really don't know. And I thought, how's he going to do that? Because that's just not a two-rod sort of a stream. No, exactly. And he didn't fish it that way. I thought, oh, well, great. He's just going to set up in one hole and have two rods going but man he but, moved along i don't boy, know he, he did he jumped out of that truck and was on the trail it kind of cracked us up now i now you may have not thought this i was thinking yeah he was definitely trying to get ahead of us yeah maybe <laughs> maybe he was yeah <laughs> which is okay i totally yeah. get that but you know i think we've talked about so many times we've said in the past the importance of doesn't matter who's in your run just move on to the next yeah. one or go farther up the river. Yeah. And that's what we did, and we had a great day. Yeah. He was pretty happy to show me. Uh, he had caught a couple, wanted to tell me about them, which is, which is fine, but he had them right there in his, his creel, and uh, great. <laughs> I thought, well, good luck with brown trout. I, I love trout, but I really like brook trout, rainbow trout. I, I still go back to the recipe that Jerry Williams, uh, fly fishing 
park ranger in yellow in the Rocky Mountain National Park used to say, you have to keep in mind he's from Texas. He liked catfish and hush puppies. He he said best recipe for a brown trout is to uh, put it on a pine board, put the pine board and the brown trout in the oven, bake for th- twenty minutes at three fifty. Uh, take it out, throw the trout away, and eat the pine board. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. No, but anyway, I, I I do hope he enjoyed his. Uh, she was a nice guy. It yeah, just, the it nicest just funny. guy. I think yeah, it was totally the, nice like guy. you said, it had nothing to do that he, with him being a bait fisherman. It was just the speed with which he attacked the the, the river. They just kind of got a kick out of. Well, it reminded me once again how uh, the simplicity of bait fishing <laughs> compared to fly fishing. Yeah, just that's true. The rigging, you yep. getting your your rod rigged up, and I wanted to have my rod rigged up before we got onto the stream. Yeah. So uh, it was probably what a fifteen minute walk down to Canfield, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe ten minute walk down so. to Canfield, something like yep. that. So what did we learn? It was a good reminder for me and kind of reinforced some new learnings, uh, for lack of a better word, about using emergers. And I don't think I've used emergers often enough in the past. And I think in the last 12 mm-hmm. months, there's there's been any kind of a learning curve. It's about the importance of emergers if you're going mm-hmm. to fish, um, if you're going to fish dry flies. So, um, and just, and dropping it and dropping it eight to 10 to 12 inches off your dry fly. And so on Canfield Creek, I used the Adams. I did use some caddis, but they weren't really hitting the actual yeah. caddis. Mm-hmm. I had some black caddis. They weren't really hitting. It was more of a light colored, uh, caddis with a light, more of a, a light, uh, tan body mm-hmm. with, you know, your traditional hackle. And then I dropped the, submer- the, the emerger and I, it was just a good reminder of the importance of adding an emerger when there's not a big hatch going on and even when there's a hatch you've talked about this so many times when you fish the mother's day caddis hatch in the past adding an emerger in there especially right. when you know there's so much stuff on the water so mm-hmm. for me it was fishing emergers and having really good success mm-hmm. with it how about you you know i think another thing that i i i say i learned it i i knew this but it just reinforced it was uh, the importance of getting away from the the, the beaten path there were some beautiful runs right along the trail and that's predictably where most people fished or where they started but we actually started uh where the trail left the uh the, the creek and that's what we started fishing and, and we fished a stretch that was as far away from the the trail as you can get until remember later it, getting closer to that cave where they kind of came back together again and that section was, that was really good. Yeah, there was a, but the other thing I would say though, that creek was a little higher because of the runoff. Mm-hmm. I've been there in early August and the creek is pretty low and yeah. there's not quite the depth to some of those runs, yeah, that's true. but it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It really was. I think another thing would be, uh, you talked about this, Dave, is taking what the weather gives you and just being patient. I, Again, I we were going to fish on Saturday no matter what. It's like, okay, we're going to do it with the guy on Friday did, even if it's not good. We, we've got to get out and, you know, cast a fly a little bit so we can say that we did yeah. <laughs> to we had justify to be, our trip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, we didn't get back, I didn't get back home Saturday until midnight. I dropped yeah, you off yeah. 10, 10, 30, and then it was another hour, yeah. hour and a half till. I got home, but we just made it a point that we're going to fish Saturday no matter what. Yep. But you're right. You take what the river gives you. You take what the yeah. weather gives you. And we did do some really good scouting. I know right now yeah. there's two other streams that you and I can go to next time we're out there. I mean, it's hard 
if you're out there because you're you definitely want to fish Canfield, but there's a lot of other river out there, a lot of other yeah. creeks I should say out there, and so we'll I'm I will hit those streams um, when I'm out there again. Yeah. So uh, another important topic is where did we eat? I mean, hey, if we have listeners that make their way out there, they're gonna want to know where to eat. Well, the first place is the Sweet Stop and Sandwich Shop in Kinda Preston. Rhymes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it do, well, it does rhyme. So this little shop is open early for breakfast, and it's not really a traditional breakfast place, but they have you know ham and egg and cheese bagels and and different kinds of you know breakfast munchies. Great coffee, but what they're really known for is their um, their baked goods. They actually bake their bread in their deli, and so the sandwiches are just tremendous. So both days we um, got there early and got some of their sandwiches for for the for later in the day. Just great food. Yeah, and then for dinners, I think on Friday night we ate at the Branding Iron. It's a supper club right at the top of a hill, and that was good. And then the next night, the Old Barn Resort. I think that was Saturday night, and that's kind of out uh, right on a golf course, but kind of a pretty drive out in the country. And the South Branch actually flows right by the yeah, old that's barn. Right. Yeah, that's I've, right. I've actually fished uh, the South Branch not too far from the old barn resort. Yeah. Well, it was a good day. It really was. So now it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Chuck commented on our podcast about our five most dangerous moments on the river, and he told us a chilling story. This is what he said. So I was fishing Slough Creek. Uh, by the way, that's in Yellowstone National Park, kind of the northeast uh, part of the park. He said, I was fishing Slough Creek in the upper meadow about five miles from the trailhead. And, and again, just to stop, there are three meadows, and they, they seem to get better as you get further back. So he says, I was in the upper meadow about five miles from the trailhead. It was not a great day. A couple storms rolled through, and I eventually headed back. I was wearing hearing aids and had them cranked up pretty good in case something snuck up on me. I was headed up a hill on my way back to the trailhead when I saw a mama grizzly and her cub. Actually, I heard her sniffling when I looked up. She and her cub were on the trail about 50 feet in front of me. That's crazy. Oh, it is. I stopped, of course, in somewhat of a panic. The cub decided he wanted to come check me out. Yikes. I know not to get between mom and cub, but I wasn't sure how I was going to prevent it. I did the stuff I had read about. I raised my backpack over my head to make myself seem bigger. I made some noise by grabbing a branch and banging it on my rod case, but the cub kept coming. Oh, my. Oh, man. It's horrible. Oh, I know. Well, hey, I think we're out of time. We'll have to finish this next time. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't do that. Okay, here we go. So here's the, here's the, uh, the, the rest of the, the story. The rest of the story. He said, luckily, the mama bear slapped the cub on the top of his head, and they disappeared off the trail. I waited several minutes to let them clear out and resume my hike. They totally disappeared. You can bet that I heard everything in the woods for the next five miles, as now I had my hearing aids turned up to the max. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't what it? What a story. Uh, that is cr now, that's like the worst-case scenario. The uh, cub approaches uh, you, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that's uh, horrible. Oh, I'm really thankful that he's okay. That's a tell you, if you ever fish Slough Creek, you really have to watch for grizzlies. I was in there several years ago on horseback with a... Uh, with a friend and uh, we were coming out of the second meadow when 
uh, you know, we were on horseback, and I came up to a, a woman who was hiking in, and, uh, and her face was white. She had just encountered a grizzly. I thought, oh, great. Wow, that's amazing. And that was an eerie ride the next couple of miles, thinking, well, I'm on horseback, but you know, grizzlies can spook horses. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, be safe out there. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for today. Please tell us about a particularly good day you had recently on the river. What made it so memorable? Please go to twoguysintheriver.com and comment on this podcast link. What stands out about your most recent fine day of fly fishing? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And of course, you can visit our website, twoguysintheriver.com. We do publish a new episode and a new article each week on our website. And we'd love for you to purchase our book on Amazon.com, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. (laughs) 